city of your dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New out. York, New York, big city of your dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time show here giving you that Nick's talk just in the Nick of Time and it's time to talk to the GOAT. Before we introduce the GOAT, because you already know where it is, let me introduce my guys. First and foremost, you know what this is. It's the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. It's a big day for the KOT show tonight, having Ian on the show. I'm excited to be here. Let's talk Knicks basketball. Let's do it. Let's do it. Also, also, you know how I like to call this guy? I call him the raw metaphor. It is the raw Hebrew remnant. What's going on, raw? What's up, y'all? I'm very excited to have Mr. Begley among us, what I call one of the three wise men. Yes. Ian is flowing into the house. Exactly. Hurricane Ian is in the building straight from Florida. Let's get it. All right. Now, this is the rookie of the KLT squad. My man from posting and toasting. Dead spin. My man Lee, the Latin assassin. What's going on? What's Lee? <laughs> up, y'all representing Dallas, Texas with uh Ian Ian Bedley, the only reporter my dad trusts. Glad to be here. Oh wow. I appreciate and, that. Yeah, and you already know who this is, man. It's the GOAT of NY Media, kicking it with the KOT show, my man, Ian Begley. What's going on, Ian? Welcome to the show. Hey, fellas. Thank you for having me, first of all. It's great to be with you guys, man. I, I appreciate the kind words. And, uh, and yeah, looking forward to seeing how things play out this season. So let's get right to it. Let's talk some next. Yeah, let's get to it. And I'm going to let you know, Ian. Ian, listen. Is you and Woj. I believe anything you say, anything you put out there, I believe you. If you say, yo, J. Ellis, um, that father's not your father, I'm going to believe you. I'm not going to even call my mom. I'm not going to check sources. You are the source, all right? So whatever you say goes, that is it. Everybody in this nation knows this, and it's, it's, it's time somebody told you, all right? <laughs> hey, man, I really, really appreciate that. I'll never get into the paternity test, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what you're saying, you're there's no Maury show coming for you. In the future. <laughs> no Maury show. No Maury show. But I try to be cautious with what I say and write. And, and so that means a lot to me, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah. You, you do your diligence for sure. For sure. Um, so let me get to this, man. There's one question I have to start out with. Yeah. And it's just bugging me personally. This is why I'm asking you. All right. Was Quentin Grimes really untouchable in the Donovan Mitchell trade? I will not mention Donovan Mitchell ever again after this, <laughs> but was he untouchable? Yeah, I, I can't tell you yes or no, like definitively, because I don't know that for sure. But, you know, I know that there were several packages that the Knicks had offered Utah that didn't include RJ Barrett, that included three firsts and several young players and they felt that those offers were equal to or better than what cleveland um, had offered to get the deal done and so i would assume that grimes was in there right because right because uh, if rj is on the table why well, wouldn't quentin grimes be on the table in some packages now i know uh, i know tom thibodeau 
really values Grimes, thinks highly of him. I know a lot of people in the organization do, but I can't see during these whole discussions over several months, whatever it was, Quinn Grimes being totally off the table. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. It just doesn't make logical sense. And my brain, I was thinking they wouldn't include both Grimes and RJ in a package together. So when I saw that report, that's when my brain really went because we need depth at that position. So, I mean, that's why I went. But I just want to get that out the way. All right. No more Donovan Mitchell. I promise you guys. No more Donovan talk. No more. No more. That's dead. He's in the cast. Maybe three right. years from now, we'll start talking about him again. Oh, he's definitely coming up. He's <laughs> definitely coming up. Trust me. Him, Shy. I know we're always talking about having LaMelo come here. Like, this, this. I'm saying, I'm saying, Ian, two years from now, there'll be a bunch of guys available that we don't know about yet. And that's when the Knicks will have an opportunity to strike. I think so. There's always, always players that we're not even talking about right now that end up becoming available for whatever reason. So, it's, you know, that's just that's the NBA. That's no matter what happens, who wins, who loses. There's always going to be either uh, a player that wants out or a team that's ready to move on from a player. And again, a name that we're probably not even discussing right now will be on the radar. You know, let's say as late as this coming offseason. So mm-hmm. that's just the nature of the league. Yeah, that's just the nature. It looks like we lost Ryan G's having um computer problems once again, but uh, the show must go on. So let's get to it. All right. So so Ian, um, the front office, right? I'm not sh- exactly sure if the front office and Tibbs are exactly aligned. I know they brought in Cam Reddish last season. He's relegated to the bench. He really didn't get off the bench until injuries occurred to Quentin Grimes and benching Evan Fournier wasn't even a thought. So my question to you is, are the front office and Tom Thibodeau aligned or do you feel like there could be like some tension on which direction to go with this team? Yeah, I think that. For me, I kind of look at it as a a blank slate entering the season because, you know, I don't know what conversations have been had recently. I know that, you know, last year you talk about the Reddish trade and people around the league looked at that and wondered what you're wondering. Is everybody on the same page? And I think that that was, you know, a, a point of dissension between some in the front office and head coach Tom Thibodeau. The idea that you're trading Kevin Knox and a first round pick protected Right. You get Cam Reddish and you're not playing him right away. That was a point of contention then. And I think over the course of the season now, again, I don't know, maybe everybody is, is fully on the same page. It's the preseason. Uh, everybody's zero and zero. So I, I don't want to say right now what the situation is without really knowing, but I do know last year. Yeah, there were issues where not everybody was you know, uh, feeling the same way about certain players. You know, it, it led to some, I think, uh, you know, upset feelings where are they today uh, i don't know we'll see once if there's a losing streak we'll see if everybody's in the same direction or if you start to hear hey front office is upset at xyz yeah Thibodeau's upset at xyz that's when we'll start to learn about where they are now i do think though cam reddish if he's healthy it is a is a uh, kind of bellwether for where things stand between Thibodeau and the front office because of what we, what we just mentioned earlier and so if Cam Reddish is healthy 
I think Tom Thibodeau, you can, he can lose games with Cam Reddish in the rotation if he's healthy, um, but he can't lose games with a healthy Cam Reddish out of the rotation. I think that's where you're going to see problems. So that's just one overarching thing yeah. that I'm keeping. Ian, and, was there a specific front office member uh, that was really particular about acquiring Cam Reddish? Was there one voice above the others that really targeted him and was interested in him? Hmm. I, I don't know. All, I just I know that Leon Rose said this um, in his MSG Network interview uh, a couple weeks ago with Alan Hahn, so I'm not breaking any new ground here, but he, he's the guy that ultimately signs off on things. I know that you know, there, there were moves that I think Tom Thibodeau had been in favor of doing over the past couple of years that ultimately didn't happen. There were moves that people in the front office really wanted to get done that didn't happen. And so I, I don't think there's one person that Leon Rose is listening to ultimately, um, as he said, it, it stops with him. So he obviously was in favor of acquiring Reddish at that point for the price that so you can put his name on that list. Uh, as far as others individually, I'm not sure. I would assume uh, William Wesley was on board. Uh, I believe that William Wesley uh, was a fan of Reddish then. Mm. So I, I would guess that he was on board, but it's hard for me to say like specifically who was fully in, who wasn't fully in back then. That's crazy because I was saying last season or beginning of this season that I feel like if we lose with the young guys, I feel like his job would be safer than if he lost with the old guys, which kind of leads into my next question job security um what type of leash is tom on this season do you feel like if we do get off to a slow start um it'll be a short leash and also do you feel like a guy like johnny bryant will be next in line and you know be able to take over if that ever does happen yeah i think that it'll be a shorter leash i'm not sure like uh, how exactly to define it, but I think you'll know, right? Like if the team is early on in the season, not looking like it's tied together, not competing, uh, on the, particularly on the defensive end, and guys are kind of hanging their heads and the Knicks are, are, are getting, you know, beaten by, by big margins early on, you're going to know. Uh, you're going to know that it's not working. And I think management is, is then uh, going to be faced with a tough decision because, the last year when the Knicks had a really tough stretch going into the all-star break, I was told that, you know, uh, ownership, Jim Dolan told Leon Rose, this is your decision. Mm. It's, you have the leeway to make a call on Tom Thibodeau or to not make a call. Leon Rose decided to stick with Tom Thibodeau. So now, you know, you're going into this next season where I think because of so many different factors, including those, you have to show improvement and show improvement off the bat. So I'm saying, Absolutely. I think like, you know, first, 25 games, you know, we were talking about Christmas, that that's a place where you have to show that, hey, we're, 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 we're building here. We're progressing towards uh, a solid season and something that we're going to be able to show you at the end of the year. We took a step forward. Uh, if you're not seeing those things, I think management is going to have to make a tough call. And if that call ends up being sticking with Tom Thibodeau, which, hey, I, I, actually, I think that it's unfair to put everything on the head coach. I think if things go sideways, I think everybody should be held accountable. Absolutely. Um, but if they ended up sticking with Tom Thibodeau, then I think, you know, everybody is kind of on high alert uh, going through the rest of that season. But 
let's let's see how they they start out right because yeah I, i've seen this movie so many times that it's easier for me to to see things going in a bad direction just haven't covered the team for so long let's see how this group does i really think jalen brunson yeah uh, he brings a great spirit great energy to the group and obviously that not even talking about what he brings to the floor for this team so i think he'll make a very positive impact i agree i, I like his leadership too and and I like that um, he has an effect on the young guys as well, um, which brings me kind of to the young guys. It's Tibbs mentioned them early because, you know, you guys were kind of asking a lot of questions about the young guys. And he said that the younger guys will have a bigger role. And I know like fans, they have invested interest in guys like um, Quentin Grimes, Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin. And even make Deuce McBride, who who's mentioned earlier. So I know he mentioned young guys. But when, sorry, I'm sorry. Don't forget about quickly. Uh, don't forget about quickly. You know what it is? Me myself, I'm not worried about quick because he he led the team in four quarter minutes. So I know he's gonna get his minutes. And I think fans feel that way too, or maybe it's just me on my quickly hiveness. But <laughs> when I talk to fans, I hear the most complaints about. Obi Grimes and Can specifically and Deuce because you know Ross in the Deuce Hive chapter. <laughs> so I want to ask about those guys specifically. Um, do you think those guys will have an actual shot at a larger role here? Yeah, Quinn Grimes, certainly. Yeah, if he's healthy. Uh, and I think that the foot soreness, we've seen that it's lingered on here. For several days, I, you know, I think it's it's um, it's an issue that I think the Knicks probably want to make sure that he is not going to have to deal with moving forward. So maybe they'll be a, little, a bit more cautious with him in the preseason. But let's say he's healthy, right? right. I think he'll make a big push for minutes because Tom Thibodeau is a huge fan of Grimes, and you know, I know that there were some people with the Knicks that after they had signed Brunson, they they were concerned about the defensive pairing of, of Fournier and yeah. Brunson in the backcourt. So I think that's why you'll see Grimes at least get a really, really uh, wide, wide berth to earn minutes on this team. You know, McBride doesn't seem like there's a clear path right now if everybody's healthy. Uh, Cam Reddish, same thing. And that, to me, is one of the more interesting things to keep an eye on early in the year. If he's healthy, it's hard to, to see an obvious way for him to get into that yeah. rotation. So I think that's that's the way at least I see those guys. Obi Toppin, I mean, it's it's the same thing as it, it's been the last couple of years. You have Julius Randle, who's ahead of him. So mm-hmm. how do you create more minutes for Toppin? You either play those guys together, which I think is unlikely nope. based on what Thibodeau has been saying about it and the idea that they have these two centers that they've signed to, to long-term deals, or you cut Julius Randle's minutes and maybe they go that route. Maybe they cut his minutes by a few minutes per game get ob uh a few more minutes but there's not an there's not an obvious answer there uh without having to do something significant whether it's cutting randall's minutes or playing both of those guys together yeah i agree uh, ian um okay so speaking of of Randall, i want to go back to the last trade deadline uh last all-star break trade deadline D- to your knowledge and of course you know you may or may not know but if you know you'll you'll be Right, you know, you'll give us the right answer. But what were there teams inquiring about Julius Randle before the last trade deadline? And if there was, what was Leon Rose's asking price? 
So I know that there was a, at least one team that that had conversations with people from the Knicks about a Randall trade. They had, they had interest. Um, as far as the asking price, I'm not sure. I, I don't have that information on what specifically uh, the Knicks had asked that team for. Um, maybe it didn't even get to that point, but I know a team had had some talks with the Knicks and they, that team felt like, you know, it wasn't just um, the Knicks hung over the phone. It, it was like there was at least conversations to be had around Randall at that point. Uh, now, obviously a deal doesn't get done. Right. But uh, there was interest. And I think, listen, Julius Randall uh, <laughs> say what you want about him, but he uh, in, in the right situation when he's right and he's in the right situation, uh, he can really impact the game on the yeah. offensive end. We saw it a couple of years ago. So if he, if he can uh, raise the shooting percentages a bit, and if the Knicks win games, I would assume there's going to be teams interested in him moving forward this season, whether the Knicks are willing to, to make a trade of Randall or not. I don't know, but I would assume that that interest would, would uh, be renewed if he can shoot the ball a little bit better and the Knicks are having some success. Okay. So that, that brings a follow-up question. And, and one that you, another one that you just kind of per perked, you don't have to say the team, but was it a West coast team that was interested in him or an East coast team? And now, now we want to, uh, we're trying to, um, to get, I don't want you to get, yeah, I don't want you to get, you're not trying to get any trouble. I'm just messing around. <laughs> I could say it was a West Coast team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And if Obi, if both Obi and Randall play well the first half of this season, let's say they're splitting minutes and Randall is, is doing what he did against Detroit on a regular basis, do you feel like if if a first rounder, an unprotected first, is coming back, will the Knicks entertain a trade for him? For Julius. Yeah. Uh. I I just. Based on everything over the last few years, I would say yes, but also I don't like what team you're going to have to also make the math work salary wise, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You can't, or that the team that's acquiring him probably wouldn't be able to absorb him into their cap space. Right, right. So they'd yeah. have to be some somebody coming back. I think maybe an expiring deal with a with an unprotected first. Right. I think they would listen. I think they would listen because you drafted Obi Toppin, right? And, and right. they like Obi Toppin. And I think people over there, some people want to see where he could go with a bigger role. And you're, again, you're not getting that bigger role um, with Julius Randle there unless you're making those decisions we talked about earlier. Not to say that this team can't win with Julius Randle uh, being efficient and, and, and you know, contributing to winning, making winning plays. I don't think that's the case at all. But I'm just guessing. I would guess that they would at least entertain a conversation if a team said, hey, uh, we've got a, a first-round pick for you. Uh, we want Julius. I think they mm -hmm. would talk about it at least. Okay. So, Ian, Jay Ellis might have spoke too soon because I, I have a question that involves Donovan Mitchell by proxy. Oh. <laughs> During those negotiations with Utah when we were dealing with uh, the, the devil incarnate, Danny Ainge, <laughs> I felt like those, those uh, three draft pits we got on draft night from OKC. Mm -hmm when we got rid of the 11th pick. Those weren't really like a starter in those negotiations. It felt like Ainge was really focused in on Nick's picks specifically. What is the value around the league and how are those three picks we got from OKC seen as trade assets? Because we did trade out of that position at number 11 to get them. Did we have worth around a, around a lead? And how does Leon in the front office really see using those people? Yeah, I mean, I think they're pretty, they're heavily protected 
um, when you look at, I don't have the protections in front of me, but you're not looking at like a top uh, five pick. Like if one of those teams falls Raiders and goes, you know, top 10, I think those are protected. Unless you're talking about Milwaukee, I think that's top four protected, but mm -hmm. things would really have to go badly for Milwaukee to, to finish that highly in a draft. Excuse me. So those picks, yeah, I mean, they're, every first round pick it has value, but those in particular, um, I think they're they're less valuable, as, at least as you alluded to with what Utah was thinking, because they're looking for those. They were looking for those unprotected picks, the protections on those picks. The Knicks got, you know, we're middle of the pack to, you know, you're going to get a mid first round pick to a late first round pick, which helps, but it's it's not a lottery pick. When Leon was sitting down with Alan Hahn uh, last week, he definitely mentioned that he's going to be on guard, prepared to make a trade if one presents itself that makes the franchise better moving forward. Do you have a prediction on what positionally or what player that might be? Does it feel like Brunson, RJ, and either Randall or Obi have those three positional spots locked up? Perhaps center or shooting guard uh, might, might be the, the positions they fill moving forward. What other players does he have on the list that contained Jalen Brunson when he took over and really wanted to keen in on? Yeah, I, I mean, if I'm if I'm guessing, I, I think you hit it right. I think it is the center spot because Mitchell Robinson. You know, a lot of teams had interest in him in free agency, and now he's signed to a four-year deal, and it's you know a, a reasonable deal. Um, so I would see, I could see teams kind of being interested in Mitchell, um, and I think also you, the shooting guard position. Obviously, they went hard after Donovan Mitchell, so certainly you know I think there's <clears throat> excuse me. That would be another position. Um, if you're looking to bring a star in, that would be a position that they would look for. Obviously, you look at the CAA ties, right? Because that's kind of what we've seen thus far in terms of them going heavily after players. Uh, you look at Carl Towns, Minnesota. I mean, let's see what happens there with Rudy Gobert and, and how that works. And I think, you know, Devin Booker, you know, people are always going to keep an eye on Devin Booker. Uh, obviously, a CAA client. So, you know, those are those are two names just based on their affiliation, previous affiliation with Leon Rose and uh, Leon Rose's firm that, I, you know, I would guess if we're talking about making a monster deal, those guys are there. Also, I would say this too, um, Philadelphia, yeah, look, look, if they play really well together, Harden and Embiid, and they, you know, win a title, everybody's going to be happy. Uh, if they fall short though, I, I just wonder, like, what does that look like into mm -hmm. going into this offseason, this coming offseason, I should say, going into next year. It, it, I, that's just another situation where if I'm running a team, I'm just I'm keeping an eye on that just to see which way the wind is blowing if things go sideways there. Are you looking more Harden or Embiid on that? Embiid. Embiid. Ooh, let's yeah, go. Okay. Love that. And, you know, Leon Rose used to represent him, so. Yeah. All right. Thank, I mean, yo, I think we ran through all of our questions. One last question for real. Where do you see this team? How? What's your win prediction, Ian? I like that question. I like it. Uh, I think, I think, I would say thirty nine and playing. And I mm. think if you get there, and you one or two of the young guys takes a big jump. And, you know, you're giving these young guys minutes. I think that to me is a successful season. But also if you get to 39 and you're in the playing tournament and you do it 
without playing all the young guys, but some of the young guys, but you also lean on your vets. I think that's a successful season because you would have won, you know, more games than you did last year. And you're showing that you're going in the right direction. So, but I think, yeah, 39, like that neighborhood, I'm comfortable there for this club. I'll take the answer. I'm in like the 42 range only because, you know, Chicago went down with the Lonzo ball thing. Charlotte's out mm-hmm. the picture. Um, and even the Nets, they're good, but like there's still a weird asterisk on them. But for me, I, I feel like 42 is a good solid number. We have Jalen Brunson here to stabilize the ship. I feel like we were a 42 win team last season, really. But I just feel like the coach mismanaged a little bit of the minutes and it kind of cost us five wins. That's just just me personally but um i think like you like between are taking a step and jalen brunson here we can definitely get to 42 and i think we'd be higher but you know other teams in the east got better so i have to kind of account for that mm-hmm. but. yeah and i think also like the idea that there's not huge expectations i think sometimes with nick teams when the expectations are, are crazy high coming off the previous season mm-hmm. And then things start slowly. It's like a snowball effect with the fans and media, um, you know, getting impatient and that trickles down to the locker room sometimes, but there's not high expectations for this group. So I think that's actually, that could benefit them. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Yo, gunshots. If you know, gunshots here on the KOT show. Gunshots for Ian Begley, man. Um, He's very graceful this time. This guy is very busy, so I'm very grateful to have Ian on. Um, man, always welcome back. You already know if you want to take some Knicks basketball, if you want to get more in depth with some Knicks talk, we're definitely down. Um, so, yeah, open invitation. Uh, if you want to come through the KOT show, man, thanks for coming through. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Great talking Knicks. And, yeah, definitely look forward to doing it again. Uh, yeah, let's see how things play out this season. Win, lose, or draw, I know you guys are going to be living and dying with every possession, and I respect that a lot. I respect the passion. And for fans like yourself, I I don't root for the team because as a reporter, I have to Mm -hmm. stay objective. Fans like yourselves, though, I I hope they are successful at some point because you guys deserve it. You've been through a lot. Listen. And uh, (laughs) I would like to see you guys root for a winner. Let's go. You are not lying, man. You are not lying. This is Ian the man of the people. Gunshots for Ian left, man. Thanks for coming through. Um, enjoy the rest of your night. And man, man, Ian Begley, guys. Right, Go so right man. there. <laughs> Thank you, fellas. I appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot and take care. All right, take care. All right, all right, all right. Let me get my guy Ryan back in here. I know Ryan is pissed. I'm sorry. <laughs> is he like, because I thought I saw Lee saying he was waiting. Ryan is pissed. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> Gunshot. Is- I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ryan. If I Gunshot. let you back in, it would have messed up the whole. I'm sorry, Ryan. If uh, I let you back in, it would have messed up the whole. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, meet your, meet your mic, Ryan. Meet your mic. Gunshot. It would have messed up the whole... Hold on, yeah. meet. There we go. Yeah, Ian Begley's in the building. Now Ryan's in the building. Now Ryan G's in the building. I know. I've been All right. from Indiana. 
I, I know Ryan. I know Ryan. I know Ryan. I gotta give <laughs> Ryan a hug, man. <laughs> I gotta give Ryan a hug, man. If you guys don't know, Ryan's computer shut down right before Ian came in. And it shut down right again during the interview. <laughs> you gotta, I'll meet your mic, Ryan. I'll meet your mic. <sighs> All right. Super chats gotta come in, man. We gotta get Ryan J new computer, dog. It's time, man. <laughs> it's, All right. Ryan, you coming back. Come in, man. We gotta get Ryan J new computer, dog. It's Turn off YouTube, man. Ryan. Turn off YouTube. All right, Ryan, come back. Come in, man. We gotta get Ryan's a new computer, dog. Turn off YouTube. Turn off YouTube. All right. Okay, I had to meet you, Ryan. Ryan, once you turn off your YouTube, I'm you. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ah, that's Shalon. Who says a two dollar super chat? <laughs> he said, "Is Ryan G gonna choke a Nick fan?" <laughs> oh my man, Ryan G! Oh God! <laughs> if there's one person that doesn't have to prove their their fan fandom or their loyalty to the Knicks or the show, it is Ryan G. It How is about Ryan G. Tears put into Listen, years Ryan on G. KOT, well beloved. Well respected by all absolutely, of us. absolutely. Ryan G absolutely was with Facts. when KOT Inception happened. It was me, Ryan G, and Sean and Kathy. Ryan G is still rolling. Twenty sixteen. Ryan, look, we're gonna have Ian back, man. We're gonna have Ian back. This is what we're gonna. This is what happened. We're gonna have Ian back. You're gonna get in the computer and. You're going to have like 20 questions, all right? You're going to have like 20 questions, all right? Is it, oh, boy. I'm sorry, I, I man. Even, I'm sorry. I don't, even know, I don't even know what to Like, I have no words right now. Like, I'm I just, know he does. I'll be tight, too, dog. Oh. I'll be tight, too. Two dollars super chat for picture team. Laughing emojis, early picks. All right. <laughs> Gene uh. Marks, five dollars super chat, says, good show. Five dollars is a meager contribution to your new computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to you. Echelon says another two dollars super chat. Says this one is on me for Ryan. Go get a tall can. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. A tall can. Thanks for the subscribe, man. Thanks for the subscribe. Uh, all right, move the subject. My man is tight. My man is tight. My man is tight. All right. Ah, all right. All right, guys. All right. What do you think of the interview? Anything stand out? Then yeah, I'll uh, start. Since okay, you got some raw? No, I mean, um, to me, he um, he gave us what I would expect him to give us. He doesn't speculate a lot, you know. So he gave us good information. Um, overall, and it's what I expected from Ian Begley. That's why I like him, man. He's he's not going to hype you with some, you know, smoke stuff. You know, he's going to come with the correct stuff for real. And I and I and I'm glad he did. I like 
his level of humility. I think uh, coming on a show, you know, that's that's like us, that's made by fans, that that's here talking that you know real analysis and understanding and passion for the game. He's the same person here as he is when he's interviewed on any of the SNY TV channels. And I really mm-hmm. appreciate that level mm-hmm. of humility and uh, honesty that he, he brought in answering the questions. And you can really tell he was like thankful and gracious and like yeah. here, here to have a conversation. He didn't try to like rush and run away, but he was here to have a conversation with us. And there was a mutual level of respect there, which man, you, you don't see that very often. Big ups to a third wise man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He was really, he was, he was treating us like we were the superstars that he was. Supremely humble, supremely humble. Mm-hmm. And thank you mm-hmm. guys for the subscriptions, man. Uh, what I noticed anyway, something that I like actually, it seems like there is a little bit of pressure to play the young guys. That's what I got from the conversation. Let me know if you read that wrong. Because um, I, I got, I get that Tibbs is going to do his program. I think that this is the the year he would have played them, regardless of rumors. Because if you just look at his career, he yeah, he favors vets, but they moved the guys that he would favor, and the guys that are there are now in their third and fourth seasons. So, you know, I think I think he would have started playing these guys anyway. It was good that they moved a couple of them to help him out, but. I think he would have stopped playing these guys anyway. Probably. But when Ian yeah. said that um, if he loses with the vets, that'd be an issue. But if he loses with yeah. the young guys, it wouldn't really be an issue. That right. statement to me kind of signified, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But to me, that signified there might be a little bit of pressure to play more of the youth. Because when I looked at what's happening, you know, Evan Fournier was in a lot of trade rumors. So mm-hmm. the front office is already kind of telling you, this is what we prioritize. We want the youth. So if you again come the next season and only play vets, I feel like he knows he's going to look that kind of crazily. Like even mm-hmm. Jericho Sims playing last season over Taj, I don't think that was a Tom Thibodeau call. I kind of feel like that was a... a Shout out the World Wide West. I think that was a mm-hmm. World Wide West call. You know? No, and but you saw the fact that they tra- they let Taj walk. They traded not just Kemba Walker, but Alec Burke, who was probably his favorite player in last year. And then um they let go of um oh who else? Kemba Walker, Alec Burks, Leon uh, knows Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel. They got rid of all of them. And and so they really, I mean, when you think about it, there's really just aside from Jalen Brunson, there's three vets that's on the team. Yeah. Three Tom Thibodeau style vets. And so he, he he's going to have to play other guys, you know, right. even if he, if he gives those guys a ton of minutes, he's going to have to play other guys. So uh, I, I think they'll be all right. I think it's, it's going to be all right. They helped him out by moving those, especially Bur- uh, Burks. They helped him out by moving Burks. So I think he's going to, you know, and then he pushed to get Grimes. So he's going to make sure Grimes can play. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying. Grimes has a long road. But what thing is interesting, though, he said, is if a healthy Kim Reddish is not in the rotation and they're losing, there's going to be a problem. Exactly. Yeah, when I asked that question about which one of the front office members was really, you know, pushing for the Cam Reddish trade, my gut told me it was World Wide West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to hear him confirm it. And when he did, that told me that there seems to be a connection between Wes, Leon Rose, and Scott Perry 
on the youth movement. I really feel like yeah. all three guys what? are for that because if you remember Scott Perry, when Leon was in consultations to take over the team at the end of that season, he was still being you know consulted on whatever move was going to happen. And the move that got Steve Mills out was trading uh, Marcus Morris. And yeah, that was a Scott Perry. Scott Perry wanted Marcus Morris out for draft capital. Exactly. Which turning Emmanuel quickly in that season. So I think that that triangle is probably the loudest voices in the room, and all three probably. of those seem to be dedicated to the youth movement without pushing Dibs to do it. They're trained guys away to let them know, hey, man, we're basically limiting you to three this time. So you, you know, kids. Um, Worldwide West has ties to uh, Philly as well as New Jersey, and Cam is from Pennsylvania, and he spent time working out in Philly this year. I think that also plays a role with, with if, if and, and I'm saying I think Lee's hunch is correct in that I'm saying I could see him pushing, you know, cheering for Cam because he's got ties to him. Yeah, he definitely has, has ties in Philly. And shout out to Scoop because Scoop actually had like a whole... Yeah, and Scoop brought that out. Yeah, Scoop told us last time when, when Scoop B was on the show, he told us about World War West's um, ties to, to Philadelphia for sure. Yep, yep. New definitely Jersey and Philly. Def definitely check out that episode. But yeah, that part really stood out to me. And I also kind of feel like one of the reasons Leon might still be here, not Leon, Tips, is because that's kind of a signal that I could be next. You know, it's like if you fire Tibbs, then you have one more coach to get it right before you're gone. So you rather keep Kibbs and, and push him to play the youth and then hopefully writes the ship. So, you know, your timeline won't start because once you fire the coach, now the clock is on you now. You know what I mean? Because now you're kind of admitting that you messed up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what I think. That's what yeah, I think. No, there's a lot of dynamics going on here. But I, I, I'm not really, honestly, I think the Knicks are going to do better than what Ian suggested. And I, think, I, I think they'll be better. And I think that this will kind of be mute because if they'll be playing well and he's going to play a mix of the young kids. And if he does that, you know, and they're playing well, I, I think all is good in Nick, in, at MSG. I, I agree. I, I agree. Salute to the chat. Um, if you're liking the show, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Um, we go live after games. We break down games and talk Knicks. Me, Ryan, G, Raw when he can, Lee when he can, here after every game, talking Knicks. So definitely, we're going to be here tomorrow talking about the Knicks versus Pacers. So definitely come here and kick it with us. All right. We play the Pacers twice, too. But, um... Yeah. Shout out to Fritz. He sends a file super chat. It says leaving Ryan outside the club was cold. Should have gotten a wristband. Y'all still rubbing it in on Ryan. Let Ryan live, man. I already know my man is tight. <laughs> he didn't say nothing in this whole segment. You know he talk. Okay. <laughs> it is what it is, man. I, I, I can take the joke, so that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Echelon. He sends another $2. Who says, we'll, we'll trade Fournier and Randall Ryan's new CPU. Okay. More jokes. It better be for a top of the line MacBook. That's all I gotta say. That's all you gotta say, right? It gotta That's... be for a top of the line MacBook. I'm not accepting nothing less for Julius Randall and Evan Fournier. Nothing less. Top of the line Mac. Top of the line Mac. Word. Oh man. And also, yo, if you want to call in too, 
Um, you can call in and have your comments about the interview. You know the number right now, right there. 309-527-6241. It's going to flash on a graphic right now. And um, Fritz put that in the chat. And we'll pin it at the top so people can see it. And if you want to call in, talk next with us, you definitely can. All right. Meanwhile, hit the like and subscribe button. Thanks for the people who subscribed already and contributed to the computer fund. All right. Cool. All right. <laughs> Let's get to the <laughs> let's get to the talk. Let's get to the talk. So, I kind of alluded to it with Ian about where do you feel like the Knicks will finish. Um, Raw, I get a uh, Raw. What do you think the Knicks is going to finish this year? I like forty five plus. I like forty five. Forty five, yeah, yeah. And I was saying that before the Detroit game, but I I, I think it more now because. I, I'm just thinking one of the keys before this season was Julius Randle, and for a lot of reasons. Um, and, and to me, it's not about the average of points and rebounds. It's just a lot of other things. And those other things were displayed very well against Detroit. And it's not because Detroit is going to struggle. It's because he could do those things like he can decide to pass or move with the ball within two or three dribbles. He did that against Detroit. He could do that against anybody. He can hustle and rotate like he did against Detroit. He could do that against anybody. And then Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett are really the first two options, which leaves him one-on-one with guys that usually cannot guard him one-on-one. That could happen against anybody. So that those type of things, and he had no turnovers. And so those type of things, I feel like he can do on a nightly basis. And if he does... I'm I'm really confident the Knicks winning 45 games. Ooh, okay, I like, I like the optimism. I like that confidence. Yeah, you know what it is for me. Like I love what Jay, what uh, Jalen Brunson brings, but like I said, um, the Cavs adding Donovan Mitchell is a big deal. I feel like Atlanta adding uh, my guy from the Spurs is a big deal too. Um, like. There's going to be matchups that kind of be tough for us, right? Toronto, even, they kind of give us all, they always give us problems because they're just so athletic and long. Pause, right? So <laughs> it's just, it could get rough with some of these matchups. Yeah. Murray, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Like, like for me, for, okay, the Knicks, they have a lot of X factors, right? When you have a lot of youth on your team, that means you have a lot of X factors, but X factors aren't guaranteed. They're X factors. But like for me, you have Cam, you have Quick, you have Deuce, you have RJ. If any of those guys hit and go to the next level and OB, then, you know, things can happen. But for me, a couple of things have to happen. One, the youth has to hit, right? especially RJ and two is if the youth on a bench hits Tibbs has to be smart enough to play them. And that's the other part because we also last season when Alec Burks was playing off of after, um, I mean, over deuce and quickly. And we saw how Julius Randle was playing and Obi was balling and Randle still got the minutes. So stuff like that can happen. If we're going to get to that 45 for wins, you know what I mean? 
I don't think it will. I, I think the first unit this year is better than the first unit last year. I think and, that's and true. Team, just just Jalen Brenton. So absolutely, the, the the first unit is not going to be as bad, getting us in as many holes as they did last year. So I'm expecting better play there. And with the addition of Isaiah Hartenstein, I'm really seeing this mob deep go to a new level. So that's oh, why yeah. I'm very high on them. And 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 I think they can get 45 wins. It's going to be, I think, really honestly, and I know I'm sounding optimistic, but I think this is going to be Tiff's best coaching job in his three years with the Knicks right here because they've helped him out by removing certain of his, you know, yeah, crutches. Mm-hmm. Crutches, right. And so, and he, and he, if he leans on somebody, because, and I really fully expect at least two of these youth to pop this year. And the playing time they're going to get. So um, I'm very confident, you know, in the 45 wins. And yes, everybody in the East got better. But one thing about the Knicks and about Tom Thibodeau, no matter how good you are, you know, the Knicks always going to have a puncher's chance because of that defense. And I think they're going to return to the defensive glory they had two years ago. Jay Ellis, get the gunshots ready. Oh, he's about to go out the window. He's about to jump out of here. Here we go. What you got? 50 burger, man. I think what? The ceiling, what? The ceiling's a 50 burger. I think the floor the floor is 40, 41. The ceiling is a 50 burger. And let me tell you why before y'all kick me off the chat. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't going to do that, Lee. You on point, baby. You on point. We ain't going to do that. I really believe that this team, more than any other Knits iteration in the last 20 years since Dell went taking over, the number one hole has been filled. I we needed Brunson. This roster, the way it's constructed, need a point guard like Brunson more than mm-hmm. any other roster construction of the past two decades, and we got him. Brunson is an unbelievable pick-and-roll player. He's an efficient three-point shooter. Need to see more of those uh, flamethrowers from the perimeter. But he's a heady, smart, cool as a cucumber like point guard that's going to add stability to the position that's needed. For damn near 20 years, man. This ain't no Charlie Ward, Howard Isley, Chris Childs. This is a guy who could be an all-star this mm-hmm. season. And I think mm-hmm. we'll be in contention for most improved player of the year award because he's going to go from 16 points per game to about 21-22. And we're so deep. He, Like I said in past podcasts, he is not coming here like Carmelo to an empty bench and bad rotations. He's coming here fortified by Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, and dare I say it, Deuce McBride. That four guard rotation is elite in terms of the point guard position with a coach that runs his entire offense through the point guard and allows him to have freedom and control on the court, a la Derrick Rose and the Chicago Bulls. Dibs allows his point guards, when he trusts them, to really run the offense that they the way they see best fit and really find the best complementary pieces within those star units. And I think we finally see that to the Ross point. This year, this is going to be the best coaching job, I agree, that Dibs has had since coming out of New York. And with this level of depth, every player is going to be unlocked. Julius, Obi, Mitch, Grimes, Fournier, RJ, quickly. Playing alongside Jalen Brunson is going to unlock their potential because so many of them are not self-starters on offense. They need someone to get them going. 50 burger. Here we go. The 50 burger. <laughs> Bring that. Bring more of that. Bring right. more of that. I don't I don't know if I can follow that up because this man said 50. This man said a half century, so I know my prediction is not gonna be as great as that. it's not gonna blow away people as great as that prediction was. 
but I, I think I'm a bit more on the reasonable side. All right, G. Coming back. Oh my god. call him unreasonable. That's what I heard. I'm instigating right now. So, oh my gosh, right? I'm gonna leave off by saying this. It is hard for me to make a prediction off of one preseason game against the Detroit Pistons. It's really hard for me to make But I will say this. My prediction is 43 and 39 season. They're going to finish seventh in the East, and they're going to lock down a seventh seed and go into the playoffs as a seventh seed, and that's going to be my prediction. Um, I okay. Think I think the X factor. I, think I like that. I mean, good. I like Lee's better. But, <laughs> yeah, I like Lee's better too. I like Lee's better too. It's just that I don't know <laughs> if I have the confidence to say the Knicks are going to win fifty games. I just don't know if I have that confidence. To me, that that's what takes. That's what that's what Lee Lee got. Lee put them on the table and said, "This is it, baby." Exactly. He, put the exactly. Two, he was bouncing them going there off the table and said, "This is it." Yeah. Let's go. Like that big domino, <laughs> that big <laughs> double six. To end the yeah, game, Domino <laughs> slam it down on the table. Yeah, so these right. are my reasons why I think they're going to go 43 and 39. 40. The way I look at this Knicks team, I think the Knicks are deceptively deep. You know, like you look at the Knicks' 10 players that they have, and that team, I think the Knicks are good from 1 to 10, literally. They have good players from 1 to 10, so I think that's going to help them out throughout the season. The only reason I don't have the Knicks higher is because I know how tough the East is. That's the only reason I don't have the Knicks higher, but I think one to ten the Knicks are solid. An X factor for me this season is going to be Julius Randle. I feel like if Julius Randle can play anything like the Julius Randle he he was during his All Star year, Great. that's going to help the Knicks out tremendously this season. And I also I, I, feel like I, I, another X factor for the Knicks is going to be Jalen Brunson as well. Yeah, because the Knicks haven't the Knicks haven't had a talent that point guard like Jalen Brunson for a while, and I actually, for a very long time, the Knicks have been struggling in the point guard position for a very long time. And bringing in somebody like Brunson is going to be a major help to the Knicks. And like Lee said, Dibbs is a guy that loves running the offense to his point guard. So the fact that Knicks have Brunson, Rose, quickly, all these guys who are solid starters at yeah. point guard. I feel like this team is going to fly this season. They're going to be good on defense. So, yeah, 43 and 39, seventh seed in the East. Yeah. I can see Ryan it. G's thread the needle, man. I, I mean, you gotta respect that. Thread the needle. Ryan, I like. It. I mean, I wouldn't be crying if the Knicks did that. Me neither. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I said forty-two. I mean, I'm, I'm in the ballpark. But, but I want to see the fifty, though. I want to see the fifty. I want to see the fifty. I say I see a minimum of forty-five, but I can I could totally see Lee's prediction coming to pass. No question. The, the way this team is constructed, we can handle one or two injuries. Yeah, injuries. Sure. R.J. Barrett. Okay, that's one thing. But a Fournier injury or a Mitch injury, because of a depth of his team, I think we can maintain the semblance of our chemistry right. and the run we're making. As long as we have Brunson, the offense won't change. Exactly. And that is key. He sits, Derrick Rose enters a game. What better one-two combo is there in the East? I mean, I to agree. me, that's right. Brilliant. Those are high IQ point guards that know Thib's system. That's right. I agree. I agree with all those things. I just know the East is, is, is a beast right now, man. It's just oh, it is. It's not going to be easy. But like I said, our team is so young. We pretty much have a team of X factors. Like anybody can literally be X factor on a team. You got Jalen Brunson, who came from Dallas, who was behind Luka Doncic. Come here, has a chance to lead the team. 
he can start to put up all-star numbers theoretically and still not make the all-star game because the East is, is just that deep. But yeah. I can see him put up, I can see him putting up 20 and seven on the season on 50% shooting and not make the all-star team because the, the, the East is that deep right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I can especially see especially at happen. point guard, especially at point guard. Exactly. When you're talking about Trey Young. You're talking about Marcus Smart. You know, you're talking about Kyrie Irving. There's a lot. There's some, re- and then Drew Holiday. All of them in the East, man. So, and then of course there's Lamelo Ball as well. Right. So you got a lot of dudes. Like so. So like, if some of those dudes really suck, but they can still get voted in. So their teams might suck, but they but they can still get voted in. You know? So. Right, it's gonna be tough, but he can. That pop. doesn't matter. I mean, I hope he does make the All Star team, but I'm just saying, if Brian, if we can get 50 wins, I am all in. All Star, me too. Nah. Him, yes, RJ can pop. Of yo, Ob, Randall, Randall, anybody, man. It could be, it could be anybody right now. But salute to the chat, man. Um, listen, I'm gonna take some calls right now. So callers, um, if you want to talk to the guy specifically, give me a second to like switch over the sound so you can hear them because I still have to look some kinks to work out. But um, first caller up, I know we got Edson from LI. What's going on, Edson? What's up, guys? Terrific show. Nice to have Ian Begley. Oh, and a shout out to Raw Hebrew. You have a very fantastic channel, you know, with your words, the wisdom, and and keeping it raw. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't even want to respond. All right. Or no? No, no. I, no, I okay. was letting them finish. I was, yeah. I appreciate that. Thanks for the love, brother. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big follower of your of your content when it comes, especially when it comes to Knicks because you know this is a this is a time period where everyone's got a phone, everyone's got access, it's got something to say. It's not really nothing new. It's always something that, you know, that's just going to, it's beating off the hype. And it's something that I know that, but you've been around and just been saying, like, clear as daylight saying, this is nothing new. Even with all this new technology, you know, with all this new fan media, it is still the same thing, you know? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I love having Raw here for for that reason alone, man. Wealth of knowledge and, um, tell me some things, honestly, to be honest. But you have any questions well, or comments JL, about? Usually, me and JL is exactly like stride for stride. Usually, what happened? I said usually we are on the same page, like stride for stride. Usually, like we usually think alike. Yeah, me and Raw do actually think alike on a lot of topics. Yeah, a lot yeah. of topics. But I I study how Raw breaks things down personally because I feel like he breaks stuff down in like unique way. But um. But, yo, but let's get to, yeah, but I'll, yeah, I'm gonna get down to well business right here because I know it's been one season the preseason, but this is something that's setting the tone with me. What's yet to come, and that and that is the team's uh, efficiency on offense. I am confident with well, with Jalen Brunson having a, a genuine quality for a solid point guard that was signed with us will be is going to address that phenomenally. But that's going to be like a keyword and something that's you know going to be in people's minds even though they don't it's not registered but i could see that sort of a thing that will be that will put this off to success or it's going to be re- revisiting that say all right here we are back again stagnant offense what happened and i'm everyone's going to look at Tibbs, and mostly the time i see when i see Tibbs is his 
I think it's because of that his, his propensity to stay with things that are comfortable. But this offseason, we're trying to save, save kids from himself by, like you said, getting off the crutches. But also reminding him, like, listen, we got young assets. They're hungry. They're there. They're not like, you know, raw cookie dough or something like that. They took their time in the office. Use them. Trust them. And this is what the preseason is all about. It's kids looking out, seeing who he can trust and make this and be comfortable with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yo, thanks for calling in, man. We'll, we'll, we'll address that, what you just said, man. But yo, thanks for calling in again, man. Appreciate you. Thanks. All right. So what do you think? You, you, what, you th- what you guys think about what he said? He's talking about the flow of the offense, and, and he feels like that's going to be, you know, a staying point for us to win some games. To me, I personally think it's yeah, a defensive no. end. I feel like our offense might. I don't know. Me, I, I may be wrong, but I'm taking it for granted that that now that they don't have Kimball Walker starting, that every guard that they have as far as the point guards are not going to be a weakness on defense. And so I'm expecting the defense to return to what it was. The only weak link now in the starting lineup is Evan Fournier. And I don't think even with him as a weak link, it's going to be as bad as it was anywhere last year. And so that I'm taking for granted. Offensively, that's what I'm saying. With Julius Randle moving without the basketball – RJ, I believe, is is poised to take a next step. Um, but with Julius moving without the basketball like that, and RJ, and really RJ is the second option. Brunson has the ball in his hands, so I consider him the first option. But then RJ is the second option. And then with Julius moving without the ball, I just find like, I, t- to me, that's so huge, man. If he can have the same, you know, jovial attitude and not argue with the refs, Right. Let the guards handle the ball like he did against Detroit. Like I said, Detroit, I'm not talking about them as far as a good team, but just the things that Julius was doing in that game that he could do every game. If he could do that, we're going to be in good shape there. I think, uh, you know, you guys had mentioned who your X-Factors is. For me, the X-Factor is Tom Thibodeau. That's I, I think the coach, the coach releasing the demons that he has <laughs> as on the sidelines and really – trusting the young guys to finish runs and finish the game and not feel that damn necessity to put, you know, Fournier back in or Rose back in or even God forbid Randall back in to really lean off that and say, you know what, I'm going to live or die with this group of young guys I have out there right now. It might be Sims at the five. Now you might be up by five with a minute left. Keep that rotation out there and don't give into your worst tendencies. To me, if Dibs can do that, man, the future is bright because I think that would be a major turning point with what is the biggest roadblock to Thibs reaching that upper echelon of coaches that he has yet been yeah. able to do, but he always attaches himself to these veterans that let him down time and time again. They do the same old shit. I want less ISO plays. I'm just from Randall, but less ISO plays too from RJ Barrett, less ISO plays from Evan Fournier. They're obviously the, the ratio isn't nearly as high, but that's the way that Dibs has ran the offense for Allen Burks. The point guard is when you need a bucket, what else are we going to do? Dump the ball to whoever's hot right now. And I think Jalen Brunson will really curtail that. I just want to see Dibs have faith, man. Have faith and live and die and be okay if you lost, but you really gave it your all with a rotation that's promised future and potential. On the, yeah. I'll go to Ryan. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to add one thing to what Lee was saying. Um, so the Knicks offense, right? One of the reasons why I have the Knicks doing much better than they did last season was because 
Okay, so you remember you remember last season with Kemba Walker and Everfoy in the backcourt, how the defense was just out of whack, and a lot of times the Knicks fell behind in first quarters, and the second unit had to come and bring the Knicks back into the game. So, so it was always like the Knicks were. So it was always like the Knicks had a mountain to climb, right? Every game to try to get a win. I feel like with taking Kemba Walker out, Alex Burke out, and replacing with Jalen Brunson, not only do you have a point guard that's going to help the team score but also he's but also he has better effort on defense as well and you saw in that first game against the Pistons even though it's a small sample size with Jalen Brunson that point guard the defense didn't look as bad as it did last season when Kemba Walker was that point guard yeah so I I fully expect this first unit to hang in games meaning that yeah either meaning that when the second unit comes in it's either the it's either that first unit is either gonna keep up with the other team and keep the game close where it's like a tie or maybe a one-point deficit or a one-point lead, or they're going to increase the lead early, and then that second unit is going to come in and then add more onto that lead. So I think that's going to help out the Knicks as well. But I also agree with what Lee, with what Lee said too. It's going to also depend a lot on Thibodeau because last season we all know when it's late in games, even if the young guys are balling, this has that, this yep. has that you know, he has that issue where he has to put his bets back in no matter no matter how the young guys are playing in the game. And yeah. I feel like if Dips, if Dips can just lean on the young guys more, if they're balling and he sees that it's the fourth quarter, five, four minutes left, they're holding the lead. I think if, if Dips can just stick to those young guys and have them finish games, can you imagine if the Knicks have a winning record Going into the playoffs, the the amount of confidence those young guys will have, very because they see that their coach trusting them and believing them to close out games. I feel like the Knicks could be dangerous going into the playoffs. I mean, they're not going to go far because they don't have you know the the right team yet to make it that championship run. But they're gonna they're gonna make it hell for whoever they face in the playoffs if Thibs can just stick to that and those young guys gain that confidence as the season goes on. The the irony is really is this is the deepest team that we've had in, in a very long time right mm-hmm. so for the team to be this deep our coach actually has to utilize our strength by not playing all our starters 30 plus minutes it would behoove him to actually split the minutes up a little bit more just because the style of play that tips demands is a style of play that taxes your body so if you want them to, to cut all the time on the offensive end, play defense all the time on the defensive end, and then run every time you get a rebound, you can't sustain that for 30 minutes, 35 minutes at a high level. You're going to need a bench, and this is the deepest we've been. So Tibbs has to lean into our strength this year, which is our depth, and hopefully he, he gets to do that. He does that real. All right. Yeah. Tibbs yeah. has to stop tipping. Tibbs has yeah. to stop tipping. <laughs> he got to stop tipping. All right. Yo, let me get to these calls. I know they've been waiting and we've been cooking, cooking. I didn't want to stop the fire. I want to let y'all sizzle. But salute to Samir Sariano, who says a fast with chat. Says Brunson's allowed you. To play off the ball and is a great backup and rj needs to spray the ball when driving salute fellas yeah rj's jump shooting has been really good that's that's a, one of my keys 
that I kind of talked about earlier. I, I felt like one of RJ or Julius Randle had to hit that wide open pull up three because Brunson is going to get to the lane. So we have to make teams pay. And so far, so good in that first preseason game. So hopefully we keep going with that type of a trend. All right. Next caller up. I'm sorry. I didn't see who's the next caller. We got Ron from Baltimore. Ron, what do you want to talk about, sir? Great show. Great show. I've enjoyed listening to it. Um, you do a tremendous job. So I first want to give you guys kudos. I appreciate what you do. Um, appreciate it. What I want to talk about is a couple things. I think what I like about the team is last year I could only get Derrick Rose to push the pace for this team and move the ball the floor quickly and play modern ball. IQ too. I don't need Derrick to do that. Like Derrick can sit on the bike in in, pre, in the first couple preseason games. I can. I don't have to rely on Derrick. I know Derrick is going to bail this team out in certain stretches because he's Derrick Rose. Yep. But I need to save Derrick. I. Brunson and IQ can both push the pace. IQ is learning that. Brunson has always been able to do that. That's number one. Number two, I like that we are stronger at certain positions. I think one of my things with Mitch was I wanted him to get stronger. He did that. I think IQ is stronger. Mm-hmm. I look at him. He's, it looks like he's been in the weight room. My whole thing with IQ is this. Like, I love IQ. Yeah, he didn't shoot the ball great last year, but he's a big shot maker. What he needed to figure out how to do is because you have to add more to your game. You can't just float the ball as good as a floater he has. You have to be able to finish around the rim with his skill set. If he adds that, he'll be so much harder to, to, to deal with. And you saw in that first game he can finish a little bit better now. So if IQ can do that for us, if Mitch can add a little more, because Mitch, I love what Tip said. He's right. Mitch, to me, is the best offensive rebounder in basketball when yeah. he wants to be. So, like, if Mitch can just, we got to look for Mitch. We get like Brunson once they figure it out. Not just not just the alley but if we can get Mitch posting up to a little bit, learning how to just drop step, use your body because he's strong enough now. He's mm-hmm. not. He's not going to get pushed around. So, like, I'm looking at Mitch like it's it's. We paid you. We, we showed loyalty. You clearly have worked your butt off. You're healthy. I, I think Mitch is a very big thing for this for this club this whole year. We're going to have the great season we want. Yeah, there's a lot of I love Brunson. I, I'm looking at Mitch. Like uh, I'm not forgetting about Mitch. But one, my question to you guys is this, because I agree with what you said, Jay Ellis, about splitting minutes. Totally agree. My question is this. Do you believe IQ and, and Grimes will get at least 20 minutes a night on this team. Um, mm, do I think IQ and Grimes get twenty minutes? I think Grimes will definitely get twenty. I can see both. Like IQ, I, I mentioned this earlier. I'm not sure how long you've been here, but IQ led the team in fourth quarter minutes last year, so I feel like he's going to get his minutes. And Grimes' defense to me is going to force his way on the floor. Um. Provided that he's actually healthy, you know, like, especially look, I mentioned this before too. We're teams like the Cavs who have the teams like the Cavs who have Darius Garland, very quick guard. And now they have Donovan Mitchell teams like the Hawks, right? Who have Trey <laughs> Young and Dante Murray. We're not going to be able to survive 
with Evan Fournier out there for long stretches of time, we're going to have to break that glass and, and get Grimes into the first unit. So for sure, I feel like Grimes is going to get more time provided that he's healthy. And I think the same for, for, for uh, IQ because IQ is in the circle of trust for tips. So I think those guys are going to play. Okay. Yeah, because my whole thing, and I'll let you go in a second. I just, my, my whole thing is, I agree with you. We're deep now. Like, we don't need to tax all these. Like, look, yeah, should, uh, RJ, we know the key pieces. Brunson's going to get his 35. I, I get it. I get it all. But what I'm saying is, we don't need to tax people. Like, Fournier, give him 20 to 25. Cool. Okay. I understand it. But, like, we have the ability now to do some cool things here. We can. We can give a Grimes 20-plus. We can give an IQ a 20-plus. Right. The thing about Obi also that I wanted to say, Obi didn't make shots the other night, but one thing I'm looking for with Obi, even if he's not making the shots, I'll live with that because he took the right shot. He can, he can rebound the ball now. Obi, like, early on, couldn't rebound the way I think he, he should be able yeah, he's to. Working I on think it. Obi's a little strong. Like, Obi, to me, if he can rebound the ball, like, I'm... The one thing I'm looking with Obi, obviously we know he's a, he's, he's dynamic. He, he's an explosive. Like the energy he can provide, he can switch a game. That's why Obi has value. But like if Obi can, he had three assists the other night too. He can rebound the ball. There's no reason Obi can't be productive. Like my whole right. thing is like if Obi can rebound it at a level that I expect. Like I look at rebounding to me is very important, right. and we all know. Gotcha. Like my whole thing, I get mad at Obi. I yell at the screen, Obi. Get the rebound. You're better right, than me. Right, right, right. So, I, I don't know. I, but, yo, you gotta flip the up, man. I agree with you. I agree with you. But, yo, thanks for calling. I want to get to the next call. I want to get these guys right, input, man. man. Salute to you, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, shout out to Ron. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. I think there's going to come a time this season. It's probably going to be around the 20, 25 game mark. You know, when injuries, nits and bruises catch up to the starting unit that Hartenstein's going to start a game, Hartenstein. And I really think that his playmaking, the way he spaces the floor, is really going to bring a challenge for Mitchell Robinson. Right. And it's even going to put a fire under Robinson's ass to become a defensive force that we know he can be because of his potential and athleticism, or it's going to demand a real question by Thibs on which one to start. Because, man, Hartenstein's ability in a very, very small sample size, not just preseason, but watching Clipper games last year, the dude is a really high IQ passer and would bring an unbelievable, I mean, that level of playmaking between him, Fournier, and Brunson in the starting unit could be really elite in terms of getting that ball moving and find the right guy, which Thibs preaches every time there's a, an interview yeah. with him. He's always talking about finding the best shot and moving the ball. And man, Hartenstein can really provide that if given the chance. Y'all ain't, if y'all ain't know, Lee's a, a Mitch hater, man. Don't you see so hard as he's going to. He more. don't like Mitch. He don't like. <laughs> I want more. I want more than a dunk. <laughs> more than a dunk. Watch my watch my man man shock the world with his post moves. Watch this like, uh, uh, uh. You saw his post game. You saw his uh his interview today. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> only one with crossovers, really. Yo, no, but he talked about having. And I saw it. He had people sealed three times down the floor. Definitely. The did. third time, um, they got him the basketball, but it was it worked, D Rose got him the ball, but it was three seconds. But the he had ran down the floor and had his man sealed two other times. So I'm and he mentioned that today. And he's like, Yeah, I think we're gonna get it together. We're gonna get it together. Because and they asked, Did you talk to Brunson about that? He said, Yeah, we talked. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's vocal now. Let's yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I think they're gonna find him more. Yo. 
The guys be hating on Mitch, man. Watch, yeah, man. watch when Mitch pulls out the God Sham God on people. Yeah, I'm gonna be loving the kid in like a month. <laughs> Telling Damn. you, watch. He gonna, pull, he, he gonna pull up the he gonna pull out the Sham God and do a pull up three. Facts. Oh, you saw what James Harden did the homie on the Cavs the other day. That's gonna be Mitch. Watch. <laughs> made, made him have the stanky legs. Yeah, do this thing. Yeah, <laughs> all the way to the floor, yo. Ankle stay on the floor to this day. To this day. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, next caller up. Hold up. Hold up. I had gunshots with him. KOT Vet. Picks for Timmy. Let's go. Picks. Yo, yo, yo. What's good, man? Yo, we got, <laughs> man? Uh, yeah. we got my time rocking the Chiefs, man. We got the rookie to hit on uh, the year. We can't go far up in here, man. He hit on Mitch, but he dropped a big up the burden. We outside, bro. We outside, so, We got my guy, Ron. He from Redmond, man. He out here running, bro. Five minutes, bro. Let's go. Let's go. We outside, man. We outside, man. damn it. We outside. Man, uh, I, I'm, I'm hyped, yo. It was just a preseason game. It was just a scrimmage, but I'm I'm hyped, man. Like, I came in front. Like, uh, Lee put me up on your boy Hartenstein, man. And I'm not even going to front. That spacing with that crew with him and Ovi out there, yeah. That is nasty. That that's gonna be crazy. Obi could just literally just run all night. Like I'm concerned about Obi getting rebounds, but at the same time, if he's just gonna be just running like crazy out there, I'm cool with it. Just go. <laughs> just, I mean, just take off. Go. That, and um, the that's what the money is. The money's in the rebounds like, for Obi, though. I'm letting you know. He got if he wants to get paid, he needs some rebounds. But, but go ahead. <laughs> hey, yo, Leon got Obi under contract for the next years like i don't even think he even cares bro like leon's just like look i'm out here making moves i was already re- willing to go ahead and move you for donovan so so watch this stuff man rebound or a peace out <laughs> like i mean it's tough it is. i know we don't want to hear that but it is uh leon yo he's a chart bro he's ready to move and um the defense bro like we're gonna see a return of a real tom Thibodeau defense man like what mitch is gonna be able to do this year is gonna be crazy you know, we had to worry about him covering two and three people for the past couple of years and not having a point guard to really be able to open up anything for him offensively. Mitch had a, uh, a drop step during the scrimmage, yeah. and even though it was a three-second, I'm still with it. Let's go. I'm with it, too. <laughs> I'm with it, too. Let's like, go. a couple more reps, he's going to get that timing right, and we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine, man. He's going to get the ball. You're going to see a new Mitch. You're going you're to see certain wrinkles add to his game. He just gotta stay healthy enough to to add the wrinkles. You know what I mean? That's it, man. As long as as Mitch can make it to the playoffs, and that's that's actually my question, y'all. Yeah. All right. So since we're dropping fifty burgers, man, apparently we might make it to the playoffs somehow, right? How do y'all feel about Julius Randle in the playoffs? Are we stacked enough to be able to? get him in the right headspace to be effective in the playoffs or is he going to go back to Julius Randle against Atlanta that doesn't even know what's going on like can't find his way on the floor mm, good question I'm, I'm going to talk to you my guys I'm going to talk to the guys I'm asking that but yo shout out to for picks for hey, me yeah. man I'm glad you called in man it's good to good to hear you yo thanks for you thanks for uh, the 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 timestamps man helps a big lot I'm telling you I'll be doing so much it'll be hard no to doubt no doubt too, salute, so salute. big help salute. appreciate you brother all right. Take it easy, y'all. Later. All right, later. So yeah, you heard his question, uh, and uh, we're gonna take one more call. We're gonna wrap it up because it's getting late. 
What do you think of Julius Randle in the playoffs? I already know what I think. I'm curious to see what you have, have to say. I'll say this. Um, against Atlanta, you know, the Knicks, we well, we had Rose starting. Alfred Payne to start out the series. Wasn't working out. Rose became the starter. We deferred to Julius Randle a lot in the playoffs because that was our main weapon. He was the, he was the all-star. He was the all-NBA player. So we deferred to him a lot in the playoffs. I think this, I think the composition of this team is different yeah. than the one we had a couple seasons ago. Jel- Julius Randle is not the sole guy that we're dependent on for offense this season. Yep. We have Jalen Brunson who can provide offense. RJ Barrett has grown as a player. He could provide offense as well. So there's not as much pressure on Julius Randle to carry the offense like a couple seasons ago when the Knicks made the playoffs, surprisingly. So I don't think we're going to get the same Julius Randle in the playoffs this season like we did a couple seasons ago. I feel like he's going to be in a better headspace where he feels like the pressure is just not on all on him to score. And you have Jalen Brunson here that's going to put him in the right spots to where he can be productive. So yep. I feel like you, if, if the Knicks do make the playoffs this year, which I fully expect, it's going to be a different Julius Randle this time around. Yeah, I agree. I, I, it's a couple of things. We didn't have Mitchell Robinson, uh, which I think would have made a difference against Capella. Absolutely. And then we, we didn't have a point guard, really. Um, so you add a point guard. You have RJ now. That's three years now, three years later. And then you're going to, and so Julius is not going to have to carry the Knicks like he did that season. So, and and I think he would be more effective because like I said, they got to, they got to watch RJ. They got to watch Brunson. They're going to have to watch Grimes or, or even Fournier. Mitchell Robinson is going to be a force on the offensive rebounds against Capella this time. So I think we would beat them if there was the same team, but now they got, you know, DeJounte. So (laughs) it's going to be interesting. Um, But, but, um, in the playoffs, Julius Randle will be a lot better this time. Yeah, I, I, I agree with both points. I really agree with the points that, that Ryan made. I think that that series was as much of a Thibs, a, a Thibs failure as it was a Randle failure. I think mm-hmm. that the way he handled the point guard situation with Alfred Payton, I think that if he was going to start Rhodes, Rhodes should have started from game one. But that gradual combustion of Alfred Payton being phased out of the rotation completely and, and making Rhodes play over 30 minutes a game – I mean, RJ's shot wasn't falling. Rose is basically just driving to the paint every single possession. He had nothing from their Lynch Noel. who played a total bum. Um, Bullet's shot was off from three. So Randall, after about game two, started to bring the ball up himself. It had so much like on-ball Randall playing yeah. the point forward, and that will not be the case. This year, it still worries me because Randall's mental game just seems like wheat sauce, you know? I yeah. think we all see that. But if the ball's in his hands less – and he's catching it in the positions where he's most effective, which I think Brunson can do, I'm less worried about the role that he has in winning a first-round series than I did two years ago. Yeah, nah, I agree. Jalen Brunson, look, Jalen Brunson just dismantled the Utah Jazz, all right? Single-handedly. Took them down, caused Danny Ainge to trade everybody. So we have that guy on our team. So that helps a good amount of times, all right? So we have that going for us. The second thing, though, was the second command. I would hope that RJ Barrett starts to mature and he starts to take the reins some and he starts to become 
like the clear two punch or one punch, depending on the thing. Like I want Jalen Brunson, RJ, RJ Jalen Brunson, flipping between those two guys. And then if Julius has it going, Julius is getting fed the ball when he's going downhill. Then we go to Julius. Then maybe you can ice a little bit. Pretty much what we saw in that Detroit game. That's what I would like to see. And if we do that, I think we should fare a little bit better. But at the same time, um, I do feel like our coach is not imaginative on offense. And I'm scared of that. Like, we're going to have to purely go on read and react. So we're going to have to out-talent them, man. So it'll be rough. But uh, we should fare better just because of our personnel. Pretty much. Right. right. I agree. That's right. All right. Last caller up with we'll, we'll Salter Fritz, and then we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? What's going on, Fritz? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about a couple things. Uh, like Lee said, uh, this year is health as well. We got a deep team. We need to use the team. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going with 45. I'm not quite with 50 yet, but um, I think there's just two things that have to be worried about this year is the iffy trigger finger before the trade. Um, you know, make up for what happened this year, this offseason. Missy to wait for the right trade, not the fast trade. Mm-hmm. And the uh, second thing we need to w- worry about is you've got new members, new identity. This is new competition. Oh, it was always starters versus best. So it's you guys versus the old guys. Now they're going against each other. Is it still going to be fun for the Are they still going to be engaged? Are they going to still have fun with each other? Is it going to, is it going to be the same type of thing? If we so, win, I mean, have those fun. Are two things that work. Yeah, if they win, it's going to have fun. But if they're not winning and you ain't got your minutes and contact time is coming, um, is it still fun? So... That's the only two things I worry about, but I look forward to a long season. You guys need to, you know, check in after every game. We'll be here and, and uh, keep calling. All right. Yo, salute to the mod. Best mod in the game. Fritz Alessandro has spoken. All right. <laughs> All right. That was our show. Ian Begley on this show, man. Big deal. Ian Begley was here. Begley was on. Big the hurricane thing. came through and didn't do no damage. Didn't do no the, the, the hurricane did damage to my computer, though. I'll say that much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get right. What is bruh. that? He said the Apple notebook. <laughs> yeah, bruh. Yeah, bruh to your computer, yeah. Ryan. Yeah. Bruh to let, your let computer. Heavily tonight, man. No, uh-huh. Ryan's going to put the nine millimeter to that computer. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> on some KRS, man. My yeah. <laughs> uh, hip-hop heads know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hip-hop heads know what I'm talking about. The 9mm. Go bang. The 9mm. <laughs> His name was Peter. Had to fuck him down with my 9mm. Hey, get him wrong. <laughs> Say I had this girl. I said I wanted you stupid. Bullet. <laughs> yes. He tried to call me out and KRS one knew it. Yeah. Yeah. That was like 88. Yo, man. It's funny because I was I was like six 
I, I know, know, I know I, was going. I can't. I was a grown man. Then I think I was yeah. twenty-seven. <laughs> I found out about that later, man. I found out about that later, but KRS is still a goal. Dealing name Peter. Walking <laughs> down with my nine millimeter. Yes, raw, raw Hebrew with a nine milli. Come on, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> KRS, PDP. Oh man. Uh. I love you guys. That's uh, my crew right there, BDP, man. Shoot. Yeah, man. That's I know. All right. Old man talk right now. All right. Yeah, for real, for real, for real. For real, for real. The Geritol. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yo, shout out. Yo, Jay Boogie. Shout out to Jay Boogie. He sends a 10 hours of a chat. Says, shout out to the chat and the panel. Home opening will be shooting a video at the game. Please pull up. Word. Oh, man. At the what? home opener? The biggest KLT will have the track salute, 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 three capital S's. Yo, man. What? At the home opener? Dag. I'm not even sure I can make the. So when is the home opener? It's a, it's a Friday night. I think. The 19th. Who got? Somebody got to do the show. I got to do the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the. Okay, so the season opener is the 19th against. Um, what time, Jay Boogie Hill? Hit me up later, Jay Boogie. I don't know. The home opener is Friday. Somehow. It's against Detroit. It's against Detroit. Friday, 730. Oh, it's all right, yeah. all right. Yo, salute. Salute Echelon. says a $2 chat. says, get shams and woes so you can drive someone mad. Oh, yeah. If I get, man, if I get woes and shams, listen. You get woes. You big time. I'm big, True, big yo. time. I'm big, Big time. You get Wojanowski up in this piece. You big time. Yeah. Yo, shout yo, shout out to Jay Bookie because uh Obi um retweeted his, his Obi song. So shout out to Jay Boogie, man. Make a move out here. All right, all right, Jay Boogie doing work. All right, all right. All everybody doing work. All right, let's wrap it up. All right. Okay, yo, Lee, let him know where he can find you, sir. Put the hop on this pulpit real quick. I'm finally on Twitter. Yes. At underscore Cabido, at underscore L-E-E-E-S-C-O-B-E-D-O. You can find my writing in Deadspin and Posts and Toasting. I had one post, uh, one of my articles yesterday on Deadspin about Russell Westbrook, possibly doing the Mavs, what that would look like, why they should do it. I want to give a shout out though, man. I know Ryan couldn't join us in the meeting, but I, I, I wanted to be on this podcast because of Ryan. I model my approach on Ryan. I love how heady and intellectual the man is. He has the best takes, and I'm very proud to be on a panel with my boy Ryan G. Let's Shout go! Ryan G is in the building. And you know what? Y'all have no idea how hard J. Ellis worked to get this interview done. Oh, I know he had to work hard. To get Man, done. he did a masterful job leading the conversation. Also, shout out. I'm going to do some shout outs right now. Shout out J. Ellis for how hard he worked. <laughs> Hardest working man in the business. Runs an unbelievable podcast. And bro, Raw, Hebrew. You saved my ah. moment today, man. I've been dealing with some dealing with some personal stuff. Life's been stressful lately, and your blessings and your and your Patreon is one of the best things I did this week. Please go subscribe to my man's Patreon. He not that. only drops knowledge on the Knicks, he really drops knowledge on life. Get your soul working right in the morning, man. I appreciate you, brother. You really got me. Appreciate, got my soul that. Right. Yeah. appreciate that. 
Yo, y'all don't really know how much I appreciate all these guys, man. All these guys on the show bring something special, unique, and I love doing the show with them, man. Like, seriously, man. I love these guys for real. All right, man. Yo, Ryan G, since... Yeah, yo. Yo, Ryan, we're going to have Ian back, man. We're going to have Ian back. Got to, got to. And, and by that time, I have a new Mac, so yeah. Yeah. Get some questions off. Let her know right. where can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G, Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner on IG. Content's coming soon. And you can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. And I just want to say some shout outs right quick because Lee got me in the love mood. So I'm going to spread some love myself. Oh. First and foremost, you know, Lee, he has he definitely been a great addition to the podcast. And I love that dude's knowledge. He definitely speaks a good word. So, and, and he also writes some great articles as well. Raw, always like Raw's perspectives on things. Again, a, another knowledgeable brother. So I definitely appreciate Raw being on the podcast as well. And of course, Jay Ellis, you know, we was writing on this thing since it first came to life listen and you know people really got to realize that this dude jay ellis put in work for this podcast and you know i really appreciate my guy as well yo, so appreciate it that's my love right there yo jay ellis, i still have things in the tuck i'm just trying to get these things out is y'all don't even know what i was playing y'all don't even know what i was planning this stuff just keeps happening but i'm gonna keep going because that's what i do right keep going baby <laughs> that's what i do i don't stop a little bit crazy just a little bit all right yo thanks to you guys man listen man listen 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 you already know what it is go to the nick of time show on twitter nick of time show on instagram and nick of time show on facebook follow us there listen to us on soundcloud itunes google play stitcher everywhere you can listen to to podcasts get our klt snapbacks too at nick time show.com Slash catalog. You just go to nicktimeshow.com and click that button at the top. It's just catalog. You get your, your snap back. You already see. Everybody's rocking that. And yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back tomorrow. Nick Spacers. And breaking that game down also. Um, but yeah, whoever, whoever's with me, I know I'll be here. I'm not sure who's available, but KLT will be here in some capacity. All right. That is our show. And yo, Bro, shout out to, yo, I even shout out the chat the whole time. Shout out to Craig Ward, Frisella Sindor, Echelon, Joe Long, Mansa Dushan, NYK, Joe Long, Winston Ellis, my real fake cousin. Shout out to you, Balal Malik. Ah, oh, man, anybody? Val Outlaw, Jay Boogie, everybody else. Everybody else. All right? Be civilized, everybody. And as always, shout out to Worldwide West. Everywhere we go, we leave the Worldwide Left. Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> you forget about oh, Raw, man. Nah, it's all good. Oh, all my gosh. Raw. You my bad. I know it is like, man, when you got to go, you got to go. I got it. I got it. It's all good. Look no, at no. that, Raw. Raw do your thing. All right, Raw Hebrew Remnant on Twitter, Raw Hebrew Remnant on Patreon, Raw Hebrew Remnant on YouTube. You know what it is. Working with these guys are great, man. Lee, um, we're watching Lee, right? We're catching Lee. He's the next coming of Ian. See what I'm saying? We're catching him in the, in the early. You said we knew you. We knew you win, Ian. bro. We knew you win. He's early Ian. We catching. We knew you win. And then of course, 
Ryan G don't sleep on Ryan G is chilling because Ryan G's in the building. It was just, you know, the devil trying to mess with him from coming on here and enhancing our show today. Facts. But we'll have to bring him back. And of course, Jay Ellis, the creative one. They could steal from you, but it's all right. You got a lot of mo because coming Listen, back. So low key I influenced a lot of people. I'm not gonna tell you, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. There's I got more. more. There's, Always there's, got more. There's more. See, everybody got it. When they steal, they steal, and they can't get no more. But you, you got a well. So the well come back. So the well is plentiful. Back. But appreciate you, all kind of words. All right. Now that is our show. And as always, shut out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. That is our show. We out of here. Peace. Peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs>